Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for your provisions, your purpose, your protection. Thank you that Jesus Christ has opened up a new and living way. Thank you that Jesus Christ has made provisions for us to not continue in darkness, for us not to continue missing the mark. We pray, O oh God, that this morning your word and your spirit might minister to us so that we might please the Father in all our ways, in our thoughts, in our words, in our actions, that we no longer live. We surrender at the cross. It's not any longer our life. It was purchased by the price. It was purchased by the blood of the Lamb. We pray, O oh God, that your word would be a lamp unto our feet, that your word might bring clarity to our life, that it might bring significant value and purpose, and that we might live for your glory, for the glory of this world fades and passes very quickly, but those who do the will of God will never, never fade. They will be mounting up and shine like the stars in the firmament true uh, recognition of in, uh, enormous value and life, abundant life in Christ Jesus. We pray that you open the eyes of our understanding and that our hearts might welcome your word. We ask you to forgive us our sins that keep us away from you, our rebellion, our disobedience. And we pray that we might surrender and bow down before our Father of the Lord Jesus Christ that we might live in every moment with thoughts that please you. We might live in such a manner that we leave a legacy of blessing, of prosperity, of peace to the next generation. We pray that in this life, we might find the fullness of your provision uh, in every respect, O oh God. We give you thanks for the warm embrace of your presence. We give you thanks for being able to come and exalt you and glorify you so that all the world might know and see your sons and daughters living for your glory. Prosper your word and let it not return void, O oh God, as your promise. Your word would never return void, but fulfill that which you send it out for. And we are expecting a large harvest of fruitfulness that fills the earth, that allows us to take higher ground and to be able to see your goodness in the land of the living. In Jesus' name, we pray that you would make this bread nutritious for our spiritual lives. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. We're talking about um, the, 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 the sequence of the things that God is extending over our lives happens f every time we gather as a church. When you do not gather at a time that is subscribed and put down as a church, you're just missing out. And if you count how many times you miss out during the year, you are pretty much a failure and you don't get a passing grade and you don't go on to the things that God has for you. Right there is a great time to say amen. Because amen. amen lines us up with the purpose of God. And somebody said that, that some men will not say amen, but we have another word. You can say ouch. If, you, if you're not in agreement, if it hurts too much, you Ouch. Um, or you could say, amen, I want that. I want what God wants for me. 
And that's the struggle for our lives. Um, it was Paul who told Timothy that in order to show forth progression um, in our lives, we were, we were here last, yesterday at the prayer service, 6 o'clock prayer service, um, and I was telling the people, there's nothing more miserable than a Christian who you can't see God in their life. They're just praying, they're going to church, they're doing all these things, but you can never see the, the miraculous, the supernatural. And, and that's not the way it's supposed to be in this regards. Um, we're supposed to be able to show forth the glory of God um, entirely in this world so people might come um, so that people might come and see that we're not wasting our time. Um, if there is no evidence um, by the life you're living, 1 Timothy 4.15 um, Paul says to Timothy, if there's no evidence in the life you're living, people are saying you're living in vain. You're wasting your time. I used to tell people, listen to me. It's a bright and sunny day on Sunday. Go to the beach. Don't waste your time coming to church playing religion. God is not into religion. He's not into uh, spiritual uh, enlightenment that's not consistent with a spiritual heart. Um, so he says like this, 1 Timothy 4.15, meditate on these things and give yourselves sometimes to them. Give yourself 50% of the times to them. Give yourself, uh, you know, 75% to these things. No, he says entirely. Body, soul, and spirit. Give yourself entirely over to these things so that your progression may be evident to all. Okay? It's sad. Because if we're not seeing progress, if we're not seeing fruitfulness, if we're not seeing you get ready, one of the, one of the girls that's our hero of faith here in this house is Wendy. Wendy, you can see her giving herself entirely over to God and people are like, uh, I don't want to be like Wendy because look, she's not getting anything. She's just it's God, 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 God. Listen, when God showed up in Wendy's life, you see the fruitfulness of God's faithfulness because she was entirely surrendered to God. And so we're seeing, uh, and her, her son preached on Friday night and, and he was, he's a, I mean, how old was he? How old is he? Ten. Ten years old. And Everett Jr. was here on Friday night. If you're not bringing your kids on Friday night, you're missing out on raising up a champion. You're, you're taking him to Dandy Bear. He's going to become a clown or he's going to be in a circus or something. But if you bring him to the house of God since he's young, he's going to be a prince. And he stood up here and he says, heaven is real. And the little kids were like, oh, you don't believe me? My mom is there. Ooh, his mom just passed away about five years ago, six years ago from cancer. And so he's 10 years old, him and his sister, with their father Everett as a widower. And, and they were praying for a mom. And he says, but you know something? I have a mom in heaven, but God gave me a mom on earth. And he called his mom, Wendy. Amen. He says, bring my mom out here. Awesome. This is the mom God. And, and you, some of us, we have our mom. And we're still acting like, like we, we're, not, we're not bringing up the storm. We're not bringing up the storm like Everett did on, on Friday. So we're raising up these people who have given themselves entirely over to God. And then we're able to see, man, there's something supernatural. He's not depressed. He's not upset. The devil's not eating his lunch. 
he's kicking the devil in the behind. He's 10 years old. And yet we have 20-year-olds and 15-year-olds and 30-year-olds and 40-year-olds. And, and there's, no, there's no evidence that they are walking with the God of the universe. There's no evidence that they know Jesus Christ, that they love him, they want to please him. He told the kids on Friday night, he says, look, God is big. And the devil's like this. No, he's like this. No, he's like this. He just makes you think he's big, but he's 10 years old. And he has a, a perspective of life. This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Our confidence in God. And at 10 years old, he's going to be a, a lot greater preacher than me. A lot better. Because we're raising greater harvest for the glory of God. But these are the principles there. Give yourself entirely over to these things. And when you are just tattering in the titter of the tutoring, God knows what, you just, you're, 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 you're a poor, wretched soul. You're poor. And God wants you to be rich. And so in those courses, in, in that cause, when we have an opportunity to gather as a church, every time we come, God is doing something. And we're, we're in tune and we're blowing up to the degree that God has called us to. Let's read this verse we talked about on Wednesday, 2 Peter 1.4. He says, through faith, we have been given, through faith, we have been given exceedingly great and precious promises. Now, a lot of people, you know, Mark Twain says, if you go to church, you're wasting your time. I'm going to quote him. I'm going to quote him in, in a better light. Faith is believing in what isn't so. This is what the, the greatest minds upon the earth, there's a great literary uh, author, uh, everybody thought he was fantastic. He says, faith is believing what is not so. So you'll see that upon the earth, there's all manner of substance that is stripping you, stealing from you, the force that is going to propel you into God's plan. This is faith. Faith is that which is like rocket fuel. It will get you to go where you never thought it was possible. Faith has been stripped from so many people, from even Mark Twain. If, he, if somebody sold them on that, I'm sure that the religious, traditional ceremony and rituals of the American when he lived, of the American population, was to play church. And he grew up probably down the street from a church or knowing some Christian people that behind the scenes, they weren't real Christians. They weren't living the real Christian life. They weren't living with God. They were doing everything like the world was doing, but they would just do it behind the scenes or they were, they were, uh, they were not being uh, legitimate. Watch this. Um, an atheist, by a his name is H.L. McKinnon. Minkin asserted faith is illogical belief in the occurrence of the improbable. It doesn't have rhyme or reason. So it's most likely nothing's going to happen. How many, how many can hear Satan behind these words? In other words, what God has promised you is not true. And, and listen to me. I believe, and I'm the pastor, that every Christian has been presented this lie from Satan. What God promised is never going to happen. He, he tries to pub, listen, Joaquin, you are an illiterate, you are 
academically deficient. You are challenged at degrees that you will never, ever, 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 ever become a lawyer. That's what one of my university professors said. Hey, you better, you better find something else to do because you will not be able to sustain law school. But by faith, we move mountains. By faith, we get to go to places that those people that are stripped of faith have to settle, compromise, and sell out. And so I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you that, that, that faith will make you get to the proportions of expressions of this life that are far, far beyond. So it's not only that we became a lawyer, we were phenomenal in our career. We were phenomenal in, in and they would, they would say, you know, some people say he would never be able to have a law practice. He would never be able to sustain, listen, me no, him all things are possible. Him all things are possible. And, and at degrees that are refined. I had lawyer friends that have to go four of them into one building. And all of them work hard to have their own building. And God had me right across the neighborhood in my own building. Large, expansive prosperity and blessing. And on top of it, peace. Peace. Why? Because the hand of God says he, he blesses you without sadness. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow. Proverbs 10.22. Very important. So here the substance of 2 Peter 1.4 is he's given us exceedingly great. I, I, I hope you don't settle for the ordinary, the common, the usual. The, the taking uh, inventory in the crowd. How many were able to do it? Nobody was able to do that, Joaquin. How are you going to do it? Okay, because I have exceedingly great See, that's, that's the measure. The, the, the life he brings us to, it's, it's a measure of virtue that far surpasses our deserving it, our capacity, our, it's faith. And so he says these exceedingly great and precious promises that through these we might live, we might partake of a divine atmosphere having escaped the rottenness that's in the world by people that are selfish. See, you can't be selfish in faith. You can't say, this is, this is all about me. What, what? No, you got to lose your life, and then it works in the framework of God's design. It's not about you. It's about him. Uh, this week, uh, some friends came over to church, and their little eight-year-old boy says, hey, pastor, can, can you, when you get up there and preach, can you say something about me? Now, he wanted everybody. And, and you know what, some, um, there's something particular about that because I believe God created us all. We're super happy when we fit into significance and things are, are, are blowing up here. And he sa I said, no, because when we get up here, we talk about Jesus. We want people to know about Jesus, not about Christopher. And so he was like, okay, next week I'm coming with a word from the Lord. <laughs> so he says he's going to get ready for this Wednesday and uh, he's going to bring a word from God. And... We want him to. We want him to, to be known in all the earth as one of God's princes that lives by God's principles, that speaks faith. I, I love that. It's refreshing. Uh, Karl Marx, another guy who tried to strip the people from their faith, he says, uh, faith is only something that people use to live on a high that's not real. It's the opiate of nations. 
Uh, people are getting stoned by, by believing these things that are never going to happen. And, and that, again, has the force of Satan right behind it. It's Lucifer that's stripping the nations of their wealth. Second um, Peter 1.4 continues to say, we are partaking of a divine nature. And I want you to pull out your, your, your rulers, your measures, and you begin to go like this to your life. And you're, you're stretching all the design and the description of the things that God has spoken into existence way before any of one of us has lived. Way before you came upon the earth. That's why I love telling men that from their mother's womb, God has prepared them for great and glorious realities. From the mother's womb. I don't, I, this is not when they got into elementary and they showed they were good in art or science or math. No. These things um, are prepared before the foundations of the earth um, so that we can walk in them. And when you see Paul describing these things in the book of Ephesians, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. He says these words. He has, uh, just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, before the world was even in its, in its existence, there was a blueprint, and one of the blueprints had your name on it, and in that... Uh, in that blueprint and in that design, you see your name, you see, um, I'm going to find this because it's super good. And this is Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. We did the 1 verse 4, which is before the foundation of the earth. Now 2 verse 10, he chose us and we are his workmanship. And if we come into Christ where uh, there's good works prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I, I could have done a lot of things upon the earth. I could have become a great lawyer. I could have become a mayor. I could become a politician, state attorney, state representative. I could have done a lot of things. I want to live God's call on my life. And it's a life of faith. It's a life of, I don't understand it. When I got here the first day, I said, these people are a bunch of liars. There's no truth in what they're saying. Why are they all smiling? Why are they all joyful? Why are they walking in peace? Why, why is this thing? And I didn't believe. I was a total non-believer. I had, I had uh, fallen away from the faith, you could say. I mean, you see that, um, that, that Paul describes this in uh, 1 Timothy 1.19. He says that, that in these times, having faith and a good conscience, which some who reject concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck. Imagine you're navigating, you're navigating your life of faith, and all of a sudden, because you start saying, this isn't going to happen. This is not real. This is, God has no plan for me. Religion is believing in what's not going to happen. And, suffered shipwreck. Have you guys ever seen a ship that suffered shipwreck? It just sits there and starts rotting and rusting. And then you could go scuba dive on it one day. It's underwater. It's not navigating no more. And so there's a lot of Christians that are a lot of scuba diving sites. You could go and see a lot of people who have crashed God's dreams because they rejected a good conscience. You have faith. You have faith. You continue to allow faith to come into your life. And to do what the word of God says and do it as fast as it can. And don't delay obedience. 
and line up. We were talking about on Wednesday, line yourself up with faith so that you pin the tail on the purpose of God. We were talking about like pin the tail on the donkey. They blindfold you, they turn you around five times and they say go and you're like, Woo, and you put the tail on his eyes. That's not where it goes. But you don't want to miss the mark and that's called sin. You don't want to rebel. You don't want to get shipwrecked. And, and, and listen to me, the vast oceans of people that start out faith, but then they get shipwrecked. And then he also says in 1 Timothy 4.1, <clears throat> that because they begin to listen to deceptive spirits, the spirit of God expressly says in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. So there's the shipwrecked ones and the ones that go, I'm going to do my own thing. Why? Because they're giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. They're walking in unforgiveness. They have not walked in love. They have, uh, the, uh, one of the doctrines of demons is dishonor. You want to honor. I tell men like this. I said, I told the men in Kansas City, you want to do the will of God? Give me the name of one man that you honor. And in the vast oceans of Christian men, they honor nobody. They can't give me one name and one phone number of somebody they have raised up above their opinion because that's what honor is. Having the same opinion is um, common. You treat people as your peer in common, but having honor is raising somebody above your opinion. And so the Bible says, honor your parents. But then uh, 1 Timothy 5.17 says, give double honor to those who teach you the word of God. Because you don't see what they see. You don't know what they know. But they have been given to you as a gift of God. Those elders that are governing well, that you know that you respect them, that they're serious about what they're saying, give them they're worthy of double honor, especially if they're digging up these treasures in the word of God. If they're bringing you these resources. Give them a higher degree of respect when they speak into your life. Well, I honor them so much, I try to avoid them. I honor them so much, I never converse with them. I don't want to hear what they speak. I Every time they speak, ouch. Ouch. And that's exactly what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 10. He says, I sought to look for words that were soothing. I wanted to go to a spiritual spa. I want... I want to go to a place where it feels good to be at church. Ay, que rico. A little bit to the left, please. Oh, there, oh, there, ah. Oh. But he says, I sought to find acceptable words that were written, words that were true. And verse 11, he says, I found out that when there's a real preacher in the house, a word of a wise man feels like a stake going through my heart. Ugh! The goads, the words of, like, of the wise are like goads. That's the stick that when the bull is going this way, he goes, eh, ay. And he told Paul, don't kick against the goads because you're only hurting yourself because you're kicking a, a stick and it's painful. And you want to go and why? Because and, and that, that's not what's plowing the field. And God is faithful. The words of the wise are like goads. The words of scholars are like well-driven nails given by a shepherd. They come to put our life together, not to fall them apart, not to make them fall apart. So there it is in James chapter 5, verse 19. We can, we can um, shipwreck in the faith. We can go astray by living. And he says, if anyone, wanders, um, if anyone among you wanders from truth, hopefully someone will be able to bring them back. 
And so we don't want to shipwrecked. We don't want to fall. We don't want to go astray. We want to pursue and be like Abraham who inherited the exceedingly great and precious promises. And from one man, God created an entire nation. His wife says, this is not going to happen. You better go and find another way. And so he went into the servant woman. Uh, but that wasn't God's plan. God's plan is for us to maintain the course. Stay the course. Don't wander. Don't stray. Don't depart. Don't shipwreck. How many are doing well this morning? When I hear amen, I know. And when I hear ouch, I know you're stuck. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God, what we're doing this morning. A hundred people could hear the same message and all of them fall short in different designs. This is what's bizarre. We've been given the same spiritual food in this house for 17 years. We have giants like our pastors that were young men. They were young men starting out and today they're spiritual giants in their walk with the Lord. They're, faith, they're faithful men and they're men full of faith. And then there's others that they start listening to 50 million things and not the word of God. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes. If you say, I have no faith, pastor. What you're talking this morning is bizarre. I said, well, then listen to the word of God and begin to say amen. Begin to line yourself up with the word of truth. Faith comes. Is deposited by hearing. Biblical faith is more than intellectual. Um, biblical faith is more than just trying to, to say, well, I know that that exists over there. I know that I, there's people that could quote you verse in Bible. They tell me all the time, be careful with that man. He knows more Bible than you. I said, yeah, he's like the devil. He knows the entire Bible, but he doesn't obey any of it. He doesn't go to church. He doesn't read his Bible. He doesn't pray. He's not, he's not fellowshipping. He's not obeying. He's not walking in this. And that's where uh, the Bible says in James chapter 2, verse 19, that these terrible demons, they believe. They believe. You believe that there's one God. You do well. The demons believe also and tremble. So if the demons believe and I believe, then what's the difference between me and a demon? A demon doesn't obey. A demon does not live what he knows to be true. He knows it up here, but it's not happening here. It's not happening. It doesn't come down to this level of reality. So they, they surveyed a bunch of uh, pastors uh, in England. And uh, 200 pastors, uh, th 30 out of the 200 um, did not believe that the Mary birthed virginly. 21 did not believe in the devil's existence. 33% uh, believed that uh, you could have sex before marriage. There was no problem. 33% believed that the same thing with homosexual activity. Others didn't believe in the miracles of Christ. But the truth of the matter is that those who believe, like Hebrews 11.3 says like this, this is the force that allows us to believe that everything created was made by what was spoken. Faith allows us to understand. People say, I want to understand it before I believe. That's not for you, my friend. God wants you to believe it and chase it, and it becomes a reality. If you want to understand it before, God hides from you. By faith, we stand under this reality that the worlds were framed by the word of God. 
that the universe was created by what God said, so that the things which are seen began with things invisible, made of the things which are, the, the things, let's go ahead and read that again. The uh, which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. That means they're made of the things invisible. God created all things from where there was nothing because his word spoke it into existence. And they understood if they were going to get to where God was calling them, it was by faith. He says, um, it says, without faith, I think it's verse 6, it's impossible. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, the Bible says that living as a Christian is a life dedicated to only pleasing God. And let every man be a liar, let God be true. I'm living to please God in all things. So that I can see his promises fulfilled in my life. And so I live constantly. I want, uh, we're saying this during this fast here. Ready? Man, I want a, a hamburger. I want a cheeseburger. I want some pizza. I, I want, but I'm not pleasing myself. I'm, I'm, this period of time we've set aside to grow in our faith is to please him. So that our faith would grow. So understand that faith is to, is, is to please God. You're doing things not to please yourself. I want to do a million things. I want to go a million places. Uh, last night we were talking with my daughter. She wants to join a traveling team for the volleyball. And, and I said, look, I want to join the traveling team too. I, there's, there's a traveling team for my age of guys, 47, that does, I mean, these guys are doing a bunch of things. But God doesn't have me in that season. It might come down the road. But right now, I feel that I'm doing what God wants me to do. And I'm not pleasing myself. I'm not serving my ego I, I could be doing a lot of things that in my own strength seem plausible and I could do it. But it's not the season and I'm not pleasing me. I'm serving God. I'm laying down my life so that I can see his. And that's life of faith. That's what God, that's why this year is going to be phenomenal. I can't wait to see a whole bunch of people inheriting the great and incredible promises of God. Not by works so that nobody boasts. I did it. It was me. You're going to say, God did it, and he did it great and big. And I lined up with it, so I inherited it. So there it is. Faith is understanding the world exists by what he spoke. So then Romans 4.13. Listen very quickly. There's a very difficult verse, but I, I know you could get it this morning. I know you could get this verse. For the promise to Abraham that he would receive his world-changing vision was not through him that would come to the, because of what he did in the law, but it was to him through the righteousness that came through faith. This verse says that this huge promise that he would inherit the world, the entire globe was his, did not come because he was living by the standards of the law, it wasn't his and to his seed through the law, but it was his through the righteousness, the standing right that comes because he's living a faith walk. Some of you got it. Some of you didn't. Everything God had written out for him to be the, you know, put it in earthly terms. You're going to get the entire Rockefeller fortune. 
right? The, the, the whole fortune of these huge moguls is going to come to your life not because of what Abraham did through instructions of the law, but they were his. Listen, they, but through, but through the righteousness that comes through faith. Then he became the heir of the world. Not because of, of the intellect, but because of the faith, because of the heart of faith. So the design of everything that is your life in existence, how many people brought themselves into this world? Nobody. How many chose the family you chose? Nobody. How many chose the, the, children, the sons and the, the brothers and sisters they would have? Nobody or didn't have. How many chose not to have a dad or not to have a mom? or to, Whatever is going on, all these things are working out a glorious expression of the vast, extravagant love of God for the earth. And this, this, okay, this is it. If you believe and walk in that, you're a man of faith. And if you despise it and say, this is junk and I don't agree with it and it's trash and I hate it. Now you have to go figure out in darkness what you're all about. You're a monkey, you're an extraterrestrial. You, you don't know. But in faith, you'll be able to inherit these great promises. So this is it. When we're up against this in Mark, Matthew 17, 19, you come over to Jesus privately. You go, hey, Jesus, um, this is not working. Like, like this is not happening. You said it was going to happen. It's not, it's, am I doing something wrong? How do I fix this? How do I adjust this? Because it's really not, I can't see it. And the disciples came to Jesus privately and says, why couldn't we cast these things out? Why couldn't we accomplish your work upon the earth? And then Jesus says, I'll tell you why, verse 20, because you have little faith. Because of your unbelief. You're, you know, I say to you, if you allow your faith like a mustard seed to grow, you will say to this mountain, move from here, it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. If you move in, okay, so how do I do this? Verse 21, he says, by the way, you're going to have to press in a little bit closer. Because if you're going to try to move at this level, you can't do it without prayer or fasting. So for people that have little faith, almost faith is compromised and like imploding, you're going to have to start praying more. You're going to have to start doing things that are in alignment with this word like fasting, spiritual exercise. Yesterday my niece came up to me and says, uh, Uncle, Pastor, um, now I understand we are supposed to eat fast food. Not Burger King, fasting food. The food that brings leanness to your physical body that you might get spiritually aligned with God's design, with his purpose. I got to stop doing what I want. I need to push away things that are, uh, that are delicious to me, that are, that are delightful, that I might taste the things that are not so delightful, that I can eat and suffer and live this life so that I can see the goodness of God. And he says, Lord, help us with this. He says, this won't come out unless you start praying and fasting and align yourself up. Um, I'm excited about what God's going to do this year. Amen. Super, super excited. And uh, according to how we've come along, some of you need to ask Jesus Christ into your life today. You can't live for tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. That you receive Jesus Christ and begin to take your baby steps into your life of faith and today will be your spiritual birthday and others of you have to get back on track and you get back on track by repentance by saying god i don't want to miss you 
uh, we were praying for some people to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they were weeping. And that's what God, that's how he satisfies those that are thirsty and hunger. Because I remember that was my life. Oh my God, I've been a Christian now for two years. And they're talking about these spiritual things that you have for me and I don't have them. I want them, I want them, I want them, I want them, I want them. I began to weep and weep, weep. And I had a huge explosion of the manifestation of his spirit. But you need to have thirst. You need to pursue these things. The Bible says if you pursue them like gold and silver, if you wake up early in the morning, if you work long hours, if you just go into the deep of them, the depth, God has glorious riches. Could we stand up this, uh, this morning? Um, because we're going to have another congregation coming in here in Spanish. And I have so much more to pour out, but, but there's been plenty. And I think we, could, we've, we, we, can, we can chew on this for some time. Don't miss on Wednesday night. Don't miss your Monday night men's meeting. Don't miss the, the girls when they gather and, and, and learn what a woman is. You don't want to lose your inheritance concerning the things of the faith. You need to press into them. And in that regards, we say, Father God, thank you for this time. Thank you for a day in the house of the Lord. Better is one day in your house than a thousand elsewhere. That the force of faith is that which allows me to fly in the purposes for which I was created. Wasn't created to serve the devil. Wasn't created to be shipwrecked in my faith and to doubt God. I wasn't created to go astray and to wander. I wasn't created to be deceived by Satan. I was created to fulfill your calling on my life. I pray this morning that you would renew and restore my faith. That I might see these things for what they are. Give me spiritual sight. Give me ears to hear, to welcome your word and to obey, to walk in the purpose of your instruction, to be able to flourish in the house of God. Those that are rooted and planted in the courts of God will flourish in this world for his glory. Father, renew our thoughts. Everything that comes to bring in doubt and fear, everything that tries to establish self-pity and guilt, all that is the design of Satan so that I might be frustrated, so that I might be irritated, so I might be upset. But you have come to set the captives free. You. you have come to break the chains. Yes. You have come to set me free, that I might live for your glory. Jesus, we thank you in this house. We thank you for your, the expression of your grace, your spirit in the lives of every and each heart, Lord. Here, there's world changers gathered, Lord. People called to do great big things for your glory upon this earth. And I pray your anointing, Father God, would be increased in measure that allows us to have a communion of intimacy with you. That you might show us great and miraculous things we know not. Because we have come to you by faith in Christ Jesus. Forgive our sins. Wash us cleanse us and mature us to greater expressions of your reality and your fruit in our lives bless the finances in this house lord allow those that know your word to live in the parameters of the miraculous so they might see the supernatural bless father god our increase bless our house
Bless the plans this year we have set to accomplish. We want to see your hand in our lives. Give us greater faithfulness to serve you and to be known amongst yours as those who have laid down our lives. We give you thanks for this season of fasting and the grace you've given us, Lord, to bring us to greater levels of faith and strength and walk in the Lord. We give you thanks in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen.